Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. This is Jesus and a Cup of Joe. I am your host, Royce Bottoms. I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. Here at Jesus and a Cup of Joe, it's my mission to bring you uplifting and encouraging messages about Jesus, the Bible, and life, and help you through your daily walk in life. So as I was preparing for today's episode, um, I've been preparing for, for a while now and, and been thinking about this, and, and I've, I decided that today was the day I want to do this episode. And I was driving down the truck in my truck the other day, um, just thinking about this and, and, and praying about it, talking to the Lord and trying to find out, you know, how, how can I do this, God? What is it that you want me to do and what is it you want me to say to the listeners? And I started reminiscing um, back several years ago, back when I was a fireman. And I know some of y'all are listening, probably going, well, what does the fireman have to do with today's episode? Well, I'm a firm believer I was called into the, to the fire service. And that's what I want to talk about today is your calling. Because I'm a firm believer that everybody who's listening to me has a calling of some sort they may or may not have answered yet. Um, I've I got a couple of callings that I've I've answered. Some I've answered quicker than others. Um, one was the fire service because uh, as I was growing up, I always wanted to be a fireman. And when I finally got my opportunity to be a volunteer fireman, I fell in love with it. It was a great passion and a, and a love of mine. And I paid my dues as a volunteer, and then I went to work for a department part-time, and then I finally was able to get called up to full-time, and I did that for a number of years. And I really enjoyed my time with the men and women of the fire service that I spent with and had great relationships with. But that was one of my callings. My second calling was ministry. And that's a calling I didn't answer right away. I, I ran from that for a number of years. Um, this year, 2020, I'll be celebrating 20 years in ministry. And I thank God for every minute of it um, because I've had ups and downs. I've been in the lowest valleys and on the highest peaks with my ministry. But I'm still standing today and I am still going out there trying to spread the word of God to a lost and dying world. But that, that's what I want to talk about was, was a calling because when God called me into ministry, I didn't answer right away. I ran from it for a number of years. And by speaking with, with other uh, ministers before in the past, I found that this is a pretty common theme is we all run from that because that's a, that's a very scary time for us. But what is your calling that you're getting called for and have you answered it yet? And I want to start off with scriptures from Isaiah 6, 8. It says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And, and that's, that's the meat of today's episode is, Whom will I send and who will go for us? And as I was preparing for this, I was going through the Bible, and I started finding some, some great men of the Bible who were called by God to do the Lord's will but they all had different ways of handling this situation. Um, we all are familiar with Jonah, the story of Jonah and the well, and God called Jonah, and I believe Jonah said, here am I, but I'm not going. 
and we know that he was sent. He was supposed to go to Nineveh, and he took off, and he ran. He ran from God. He didn't want to do what God was asking him to do, and so he ended up in a belly of a fish for three days and three nights. And he decided he wanted to follow what God wanted him to do. And so when that fish let him out on the dry land, he went to Nineveh, and he preached, and and they repented in that city. And it was it was Jonah not following God at first. But God has a way, I will tell you this, God has a way of getting you where he wants you, not where we want to be, but where he wants you to do the work that he has chosen for you. So you always need to keep that in mind. Um, the second we look at is Moses, and we all know about Moses, and we know about the burning bush. And I know, you know, in the Bible, it, it Moses was told by God to go to to the Pharaoh and and to get the Israelites out of out of Egypt, and. Moses came up with every excuse in the world on why he couldn't go. And he, he even used the excuse that he couldn't speak well in front of people. So I could see when God called Moses, I could see him answering, Here am I, but send Aaron. Send somebody else, not me. But in the Bible, the Lord said to Moses, See, I've made you like God to the pharaohs, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You are to say everything I command you and your brother Aaron to tell the Pharaoh to let the Israelites out of this country. So every excuse we came up with, God has an answer for it, just like with Moses. He came up with every excuse in the world, but God said, okay, fine. You say you can't speak well, I'm going to send your brother with you. You're still going to go and do what it is I need you to do. And then we look at Saul. We all know the story of Saul who later became Paul, who was on the road to Damascus. And, it, you know, the Bible says that suddenly a light shined from heaven. He fell upon the ground and he heard a voice say in him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul answered, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, who are you are persecuting? Now get up and go to this city and I will tell you what to do. So, his answer, Saul's answer, or Paul at this time's answer to Jesus was, Here am I, but who are you? So all three of these men answered, Here am I, but they, they had a different um, answer at the, at the end of their, their statement. Just like with Paul's response when God tried to enter his life with, Who are you? I mean, Paul was religious, but he didn't have that relationship with God who he claimed to serve. And when God called Elijah, he said, here am I, send me. It's only after Elijah was cleaned from his sins, he said, here am I, send me. Prior to that, he saw himself as an unworthy messenger. And once he was forgiven, he was able to follow what God needed him to do. So four men out of the Bible... They all had different um, answers to what God was calling them to do, but they all eventually did what God wanted them to do. And that's something we need to look at because God's looking for people like us to be more like Elijah, to sit there and say, here am I, send me. You know, send me out there to do what it is you need done, Lord. And it's, it's amazing when I look at this because I, I sit and I go, Wow, if, if we all just 
did our part for what God has called us to do, can you imagine what this world would be like? Could you imagine what our lives would be like? If we spent the time following what God truly had planned for us, didn't trying to run from it or come up with excuses, imagine how our life would fall more into place and be in harmony. You know, and it's just, it's, it's tough when we look at that because we don't want to, to do that. We don't want to take that, um, that job or, or that mission that God sent us because it's going to affect our ways. And that's something that, that we got to learn to get to stand away from is because whatever we have planned for our life, God has something bigger planned for us. And we got to remember that. And so now the second half of this I want to get into. Now this, this will cover a episode I did a while back about salt and light. But Matthew 5, 13, 14 says, You're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. God is looking for the salt of the earth type people. People who are willing to live different, allow their light to shine from us out into this world. God has called us to be change agents of this world. People are willing to be light for others is what God is wanting us to do. Because there's a lot of people hurting that are lost, that are broken in this world. There are people who are craving the love, the power, and the freedom that we find in Jesus. There's a lot of people out there that are completely lost. And when I say completely lost, I'm talking about they're just they're just out there blind. Because young adults, teens, and children of this generation, they're not only lost from heaven, but they're just lost. They've lost their identity. They've lost what they should be doing. They're starving for that love and that relationship that, that God is offering. And I believe God is calling you and me to get into their lives and show them how to, to, to experience the marvelous grace and love of God. And we need to be able to tell them about Jesus. The wounds that they are carrying can be healed by Jesus and become scars. And they, if not, I believe those wounds will become infected and destroy their lives forever. And when I mean the wounds, I'm talking about not knowing God as their Savior, not knowing the love and the freedom that they can experience through Jesus, they, they carry those wounds of just being hurt and being lost and just being broken. And we got to be able to do that. We got to be able to, to, to show these people who Jesus is and how to get to Jesus so Jesus can get into their lives and fix them and help them and get them on their way. We've all been called to do something. We got to be able to answer that call. We got to be able to say, here am I, send me. Didn't here am I, but send somebody else. I'm a firm believer that churches are on rescue missions to try to reach these people. But the problem with the church is they have two types of people inside their church. They have spectators and participants. Spectators are someone who wants to watch or criticize or seek their personal pleasure. You know, People sit in church, and you probably know who they are. They sit in church, and they want to criticize everything. They want to talk down and destroy everything that the church is trying to do. Well, we shouldn't do this program because, you know, we don't need to help this, this person or, or that person right there said this the other day. We need to be participants. We need to be the ones who want to get out there and work and, and improve and seek the personal growth and help them show them how to grow in Jesus.
So the challenge is, is this. Quit being a spectator and start being a participant. Get off the sideline and get into the game. Because we're, we're, in, we're in this game of, of and, when I, and I'm not telling y'all game to take it lightly, but I'm saying you got to get off the sidelines and get in it. Because we're in this because this is what God's called us to do. As Christians, he's called us to get out there and be the salt and the light for everyone. Let the light shine from us as Christians and know that our salt is worth something. To sum this up, to look at it this way is, is like this. You know, when Jonah said, I'm not going, Jonah wasn't faithful. When Moses said, send somebody else, he wasn't accessible. And when Paul said, who are you? He wasn't teachable. But when Isaiah says, here am I, send me, he was faithful, he made himself accessible, and he remained teachable. That's what God's looking for. God's looking for the ones who are able to be faithful, to be teachable, and to be accessible to use. That's a participant. Now, when you're sitting there and you, you don't want to participate and you can't learn what, what it is that God's wanting you to do, now you're a spectator because now you, all you're doing is seeking your personal pleasure or you're seeking to criticize or just watch others do the work. We got to find, we got to put ourselves, I should say, we got to put ourselves to be faithful, to be available, and to remain teachable. John 15, 16 reads, You did not choose me, but I chose you. I selected you so you would go and produce fruit, and your fruit would remain. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Faithful. Faithfulness. Faithful means being thorough in your performance of duty, true to one's word or promise, and be loyal. So can God count on you? Are you a person of your word? Are you loyal to follow exactly what God's calling you to do? Are you accessible? Are you approachable? Are you easy to reach? Do you make yourself available for God to use you? Can people get in contact with you? Do you make time for other people? And are you teachable, which means are you willing to learn or capable of being taught? So can God use you and teach you to do what it is that he's calling you to do? Are you willing to learn from your mistakes? Be able to stand up and say, here am I, send me, is powerful. It is also scary. But it's very powerful to be able to stand there and say, here am I, God, send me. Let me go and, and do what it is that you called me to do. Like I said, it's very scary. Um, I, I, I'm living proof of how scary it is when, when God called me into his ministry. I didn't want nothing to do with it. I came up with every excuse in the world. Uh, you, there's other preachers in my family. God, you already got them. Um, I can't really do this. I'm, I'm not good at that. But God finally broke me down and humbled me to where I said, here am I, God, use me. 
send me to go do what it is that you need done. Another wonderful story, though, that I find in the Bible um, is the story of, of Ruth and Naomi, and it's found in Ruth 1.16. And uh, this is what Ruth's saying to Naomi. Naomi, where you go, I go. Where you lodge, I lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. And just that verse right there, we see where Ruth is saying to Naomi, where you go, I go. That's showing a faithfulness to her. Where you lodge, I lodge. Being accessible. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Being teachable. Because as we all know, that, that Ruth lost her husband. And Naomi was, was the mother-in-law and, and was trying to send her away. But she stayed with Naomi because that was her family. And she stayed with her. And they worked through some hard times together. So it's, it's being accessible, being teachable, being faithful, being able to stand up and say, here am I, send me. That, that is what we need to do today. Because if we stand on the sidelines as a spectator and say, with every excuse in the world, not me, I can't go send somebody else. I, I can't really do this right now because life is this and children are this and household. Quick making excuses and start following what God has in store for us. In closing, are you ready to answer the call from Isaiah 6-8? Are you ready to say, here am I, send me? Or are you, are you ready to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening? Are you ready to stand up and do what God has called you to do? My prayer is that you answer the call that you've been called to do today. Whether it's serving in ministry or whatever it is in your life that God's calling you to do, my prayer is that today you will stand up and answer that call. You will not be afraid because God is with you. He's going to be with you every step of the way. As we get ready to wrap this up, all I can say is God bless each and every one of y'all because I thank God for the calling that, that he gave me even though I ran from it many years ago because if it wasn't for that calling, I would not be sitting here today behind a microphone and I would not have Jesus and a cup of joe. It's because of God calling me to do this and I answered the call faithfully, finally, faithfully saying, here am I, send me. And I can tell you when Jesus and a cup of Joe first came about, I did sit there and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So I thank all of y'all for, for listening to me today here at Jesus and a cup of Joe. I hope that you have a blessed day. And I hope and pray that God just enters your life and helps you through whatever it is that you're going through. I look forward to spending time with you in the upcoming uh, episodes. And until then, God bless. Thank you.